Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. So good that you're tuning in today. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. I reside usually on the Erie campus, but love to hear from you. No matter what campus you are here at Calvary, we're glad you're tuning in. we got a great show for you today. We have the none, but only Thomas Milburn. Jay, we have arrived we yeah. we are basically on the same level of Joe Rogan. Yes, because you were so excited that on Monday morning, right? Yeah, this this last week. A package arrived in the mail. I think it arrived last week at some point while we were out of town. It was not anthrax. It was not anthrax, which I was thankful for. <laughs> um, well, we got Thomas Milburn on the podcast, by the way. What, what did we get? You, I got, you, I got you with got. no note. So if this was you and you meant to have a note in there, send me a note <laughs> or just count this as my extreme gratitude. Yes. Cause we had a conversation about our favorite, what favorite holiday is our candy reside on? Yeah. What, what favorite can, candy holiday? Yeah, yeah. Holiday of candy. Mm-hmm. We both agreed Easter candy's no good. Jelly beans That's and, true. and peeps. Just focus on the resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need. But I had mentioned briefly. But a, a keen, probably one of our smartest listeners. Yeah, totally. One of the brightest. One of the, the brightest, brightest of all bright. the dwarves. <laughs> heard me say that I love me some toffee. Yes. And then I have five pounds of toffee <laughs> delivered. I was quote, quite five pounds. They must love you on oh the podcast. Oh my gosh. They must love you. How many pieces of toffee have you already had? Two. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's almost gone. No, it's not. No, it's not quite. But man, and the problem is, the problem, the the greatness of it is they're already in bite-sized pieces. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's like casual snacking. Oh, man. And when things are small, like mini muffins or. Yeah, totally. It's like, it feels like I'm an astronaut just eating power food. Like uh, mini cupcakes. Yeah. I can eat three of these would equal one. Exactly. Get them all lined up. Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's supposed to party. So I've been eating some toffee. Yeah, you have. Putting on some pounds, but it just shows that the the influence of this show has reached stratosphere. (laughs) It's amazing. Oh, man. Someday people are going to be coming up for your autograph to sign their Bibles. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I hope not. I don't think so. Oh, Lord. Keep that. Yeah. Thomas Milbert. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll publish a pamphlet. Oh, yeah, a pamphlet's good. I could sign a pamphlet. Yeah, sign a pamphlet. Okay, we're in a great series here in Calvary Bible Church, the good news for all people. In fact, we are coming to a close of Jesus' ministry years and ministry days and turning the corner very soon to the last week of Jesus' life. But before I say any more about that, make sure you don't miss what's happening here at Calvary. Go to CalvaryBible.com, click your campus, click events, even fill out the mobile bulletin, let us know that you're listening. Find out what's happening in your neck of the woods. There's so many great things happening at Calvary. What's some of the standout things for you in the last couple weeks here at Calvary, Thomas? Uh, There's a lot of things that have happened in the new year. I think the men's gathering specifically was a highlight for me, mostly because I got to participate in it. Yeah. Um, we kicked off some men's groups. Mm-hmm. Mine started, which is fun. Yeah, we got a women's retreat coming. Yeah, as my, well. My kids went on the middle school retreat. Mm. Heard really good things. Mm. Um, they were thankful for the time to be 
with their little community. Yep. And Chris and I got to go to the weekend to remember down at with the Broadmoor. 60 folks That's in Calvary. So much fun. So there, was, there's what, been a lot. It's yeah. only been six weeks of the year. What was your favorite meal down in the Broadmoor? Uh, just, just feasting on the word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the tastiest meal. I agree. Uh, there was an <laughs> almond croissant. Ooh, you know, from the cafe there, the little yeah. pastry shit thing. I'm, I'm also a fan of almond croissants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of bread. I'm just afraid of bread. I love, I love bread. Yeah, croissants are bread, buttery bread. Croissants are my kryptonite, man. If there's <laughs> so one, good. it will be had. They're so good. They're almost in the realm of donuts, but. You can eat a croissant at 9 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> you can't eat a donut at 9 p.m. I don't, I don't know why we can't eat donuts at yeah. 9. Anyways, that's cool. That's really right. fun. It was Sounds great. like a lot of things have been happening here at Calvary. Yeah, you know, a lot of marriages that went down there I got to connect with. And um, just overall, we're, you know, we kind of say, hey, yeah, there's no perfect content out there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Weekend Remember can have some cheesy content. But it's like we're getting we're getting together with our spouses we're thinking about our marriages, working on areas of our life that maybe we haven't thought about recently that we might have better relationships and stronger marriages and stronger families. Mm-hmm. Like, what can go wrong? What could go wrong? That's, That's right, good man. stuff. That's really good stuff. But yeah, women's retreat coming up next weekend, right? Yeah, next weekend, 25th. women's retreat. Um, there's just a lot of great things happening. We've got Ironman coming out, coming up really soon here at Calvary. Yeah. And starting point on all three campuses soon and very soon. And... um what a time to be alive, really. What, what a time to be alive. Hey, you know, we haven't talked about this, but your sh- what your sweatshirt reminds me of this. How good is it that we have prime time in Colorado? You know, we went to Chicago last week. We did. And I made the conscious decision <laughs> to rock Coach Prime gear the entire week. Right. And I have never received so many fist bumps and high fives through the airport. Yeah. Into another state. <laughs> As you did. Ever yeah. in my entire life. And I was like, whoa, what did what cultural influence just happened? Right. That I'm just totally unaware of. That people are like, Yeah, Coach Prime. Coach Prime. Buff fans, non buff fans, everybody wanted to talk about it. Football fans and non football fans oh, yeah. all know who and what he is. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be great. It's going to be something. It's going to be great for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> but like, even like the spring games are selling out. That's, that's what I heard. You know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, the fact that like anybody like, even wants to talk about CU football. Right. Is a wonderful thing. It is wonderful. Yeah. As John Boyle would agree to that. Yes. Yeah. But no, that's really fun. We haven't talked about that cultural phenomenon here in Colorado. And a believer. How interesting is that? Yeah, it should be. It should just be totally fascinating. I'm excited to watch the whole thing go down. Yeah, it will be fascinating for sure. Okay, so talk about influence and power and political power and prestige and the cultural sort of buzz of the day. We find Jesus in Luke 19 in a very similar situation. A good segue. Yeah. I like that. I, that was just spirit inspired. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we find Jesus. He has a crowd with him, a big, quite a big, large crowd. Yeah. Coming from Jericho to Jerusalem, it says last week of his life. We only know that. They didn't know that, but we do. Um, And he had some great teaching. He had some great healing inside Jericho, and now he is ascending to Jerusalem. 
And you know what? Actually, do you want to know? I I can probably guarantee you some of the verses Jesus is thinking about when he's ascending into Jerusalem. What's he thinking about? The Psalms of Ascent. Mm, tell me more. Well, there's a collection of Psalms in our Old Testament, starting in Psalm 120, that are the Psalms in which the people of God would have on their lips and their hearts, literally singing at times as they made their way from Jericho to Jerusalem. They reside in a visual visual step into the the gate itself of Jerusalem and the temple. And so it is, I can probably guarantee it, and I'm not in 2,000 years removed, that Jesus is thinking about or saying these or his friends are saying them um, as he's going into Jerusalem. This is sort of side segue. Interesting. But it just hit my brain. I was like, oh, that is very true. Yeah. Because you were, as a Jewish man, as a righteous man, as he was, perfect, um, he would have been doing that. Anyway, so if you want to read the Psalms of Ascent this week, that might get your heart prepared for actually the triumphal entry. Because Jesus embodies exactly what the Psalms of Ascent mm. are talking about, which is, I could do a whole podcast on that, but yeah. that's great. I'll leave it at that. But we're here, and Jesus gives a, actually a pretty hard parable um, about what's about to transpire, maybe? Or what is his kingdom all about? Maybe yeah, that's a better like, way? Well, to temper some expectations, I think maybe some of these Psalms you're talking about are in the mind of his disciples. Um, at least the teachings that he's just done, mm-hmm. and what he is, what he appears to be doing as he gathers momentum going into Jerusalem, has some people with the expectation that the kingdom of God, in its fullness, is about to transpire. And it's like a political occupation. Yeah, it's like Jesus is about to go into Jerusalem. Yeah, do his thing. Rome's going to be destroyed. It's all going down, and I want to be on Team Jesus. Yeah. So everyone's kind of like jumping on the bandwagon. Team he's, Jesus. He's getting hoodies with his <laughs> name put on them. With Coach Prime. Yeah. Uh, and Jesus, knowing this, teaches this parable to reset expectations and understanding. And there's kind of two main, you know, camps of interpretation of this parable. Because Jesus talks about he entrusts his servants with resources. Mm-hmm. And then he's like this king who goes away and then returns and then rewards um those who have been good servants, disciplines those who are bad servants, and destroys his enemies. And one camp interprets this parable as the departure is actually Jesus' departure on the cross. Mm-hmm. Period of time is three days, mm-hmm. and then his return. That's an interesting. I haven't thought about it that way. But that's, okay. Yeah, that's not the way that we taught it on Sunday. We take an, a different interpretation, which is Jesus is preparing them for the inauguration of the kingdom, mm-hmm. which happens cross and resurrection. And then his departure is his ascension, which he bestows two gifts on his servants, one being the gospel and one being the spirit. And they're called to go invest those resources in the world as witnesses to what has happened, that their investment or his investment in them would be an investment in the kingdom. Not and to, that his return would then be a reward or consequences of how we handled the gospel and the Holy Spirit. Not to de- derail this, but if you read your Bible your cross references, it seems like he tells a story in a little different way in another gospel later in the week, his final week. Yeah. What do you Matthew. think about that? Uh, it's similar. It's I mean, it's five par- talents. Yeah. It's the talent story. 
It's a similar parable in the sense of like, there's a master landowner mm. nobleman who's giving talents. That one's a bit different because there's different number of talents yeah. for servants. Um, and there's not the enemies in that one. Yeah. So some people think they're two using the same source material. Some people, two different stories. Yeah, he could have told possible. it twice in yeah. a week. I mean, and it's on his heart. Some people think that Luke has actually pushed two parables together to form one parable. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think the historical understanding of this being a unique parable to Luke is the way to go. Yeah, and I would assume that Jesus would tell this several different times, and we get documentation yeah. to twice. It's also Luke, you know, Luke gets to choose where he places some of these teachings, Mm. you know, to highlight, um, so that he's making a point for Theophilus, Mm -hmm. right? So I think Luke is also placing this in the, in the passion narrative, not only because it was Jesus' teaching to his disciples of their right expectations, but it's for our understanding, Luke being post Christ's ascension of what we're tasked to do. Mm -hmm. That's interesting too. I like that. Mm. But, Nevertheless, the the parable is about, I mean, if I can sum up your words, just do something with the gospel and the spirit. I, I think, life, right? I mean, that would be, if I'm going to children's ministry yeah. on Sunday and we teach this parable, I would sum it up with the reason the Father is so kind and generous to invest in us is so that we would invest in others. Like, the discipline of the servant that doesn't do anything with his resources. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I think it's specifically in, the, in Luke, the resource of gospel and Holy Spirit, more than just you know money, time, talent, treasures, which I think is unique to Matthew. But the reason we have the gospel and have the Holy Spirit is to go do something with it, is, is not just for us. And I think the condemnation of that, that third servant is that he took what Luke calls the minas or the minas, mm-hmm. um, three months kind of salary. He, he takes that and he just tucks it away in a handkerchief, so he like wraps it up, hides it, and then he tucks it away in a secure place right. and simply returns it to the master. And and he's called a wicked servant. So it's like, what did he do that was so wicked? It's is you took what I gave you as a servant, a steward, and it wasn't to keep it safe and secure. The goal was actually to go take risks mm-hmm. and invest it. It be I mean there's always like the what if, you know, like, well what if he lost it you know it's like you know the master comes back and he's like where's that mina and he's like well i tried to invest and it just didn't work well but i actually think that it's almost like that can't happen Mm -hmm. you know it's like well his word does not return void you know it's like just go take risks and you might not know its return on investment but the kingdom can't help but multiply it's like the leaven it's going to do its work and so go share the gospel by the power of the holy spirit in word and deed, and multiply what you've what you've been given. Mm-hmm. It sort of makes sense after Jesus says in nineteen, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, and now he just wants you to go do it. Yeah, like this. You've been watching me do this, mm-hmm. and now I'm going away. Yeah, and then I'll come back to receive a kingdom. So you participate in kingdom work while I'm away. You know, it's like you just unpack the New Testament. And you think, okay. It's like a lamp. No one hides it under a basket right. or a bushel. It's like salt. It's like salt, right? You, it, don't lose its saltiness. Um, you're the ambassadors as though he's making his appeal through you. Mm-hmm. You're called to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. I mean, I think so much more lines up with that interpretation of the parable mm-hmm. than his departure and return from the grave. 
Yeah. Which I'm, I'm making it overly simplistic, but I think that's where, I mean, we started on Sunday with, okay, so once you know you're saved and you know you're, you're going to be saved, is there any activity for you in between? Yes. So then how shall you live? Thank you, Francis Francis Schaefer. Schaefer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, then should you live inside of this truth? Yeah. And, you know, Schaefer has, those lectures are on YouTube. You should watch them. They're amazing. That's the one where he's like. In a kilt. Not a kilt, but in his knickers. Yeah, right. And I haven't seen those in a long time. Yeah. But, um, you know. Go ahead. No, I think it's a really great parable to segue into triumphal entry. Jesus is finally pressing into the instructions of what they're going to do. And it's a really great reminder to us is like we've been given the opportunity for the gospel and the spirit. Now how do we invest it? And we shouldn't just sit back and relax and enjoy the ride like you said in with three boats, you know. One is a carnival cruise. It's just fun. Jesus is here to make life a little better, fun. Let me know when we're about to get to heaven. We're not a battleship. We're not going through culture and blasting it, defending, taking our turf, protecting our turf, you know, all that. But we're like the boat that goes down the Amazon. We're there to bring the good news to people. I love that. That was that was wonderful. Um, but, it, you know, I'm just trying to think like, okay, our friends that are listening to the weekly today, like what are we supposed to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, think- what are we, what, what, what are we supposed to do? I think sometimes we get so tied up in like, what am I in my personality supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't have the personality of an evangelist. Right. I don't have the personality where I just want to go into work and kind of rattle things up. I don't have the personality to challenge people's assumptions of Christianity. I don't have the knowledge to feel like I'm an apologist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And some of those things, like you could grow. Like, well, go read a book that helps build up some answers for Christianity. Um, Challenge yourself to start a conversation that's a bit more uncomfortable. Sure. The other thing is, God knows how you're wired. Like, God knows that you're a unique individual. He gave you, in your uniquenesses, the gospel and the Holy Spirit. The question you should be asking is, Lord, how might I multiply that? Or even this, like, Lord, would you give me an opportunity to it? I was talking to a gentleman after service, and he said, you know, hey, I'm encouraged by the message. Let me tell you what's happened to me this week. And... Uh, or maybe it was it was recently, and he was just saying he was being interviewed for, I don't know if it was a, a journal or a magazine that was in his um, sphere of industry. Yeah, and people were just talking about his life. And he said, you know, one of the questions they asked him was, "Who is someone that you would like to meet in history?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "Jesus Christ." And the uh, interviewer was, or the, yeah, the interviewer was intrigued by that, like, why? And so he just answered, like, "Jesus Christ, the most interesting human being to ever walk the planet." Um, every culture on, on earth talks about this Jesus. There's so many of his teachings I would want to know about. So that gets published. Yeah. And then fellow people who know him read this article that has been posted about him. And it's just like the immediate conversation is about why would you want to meet with Jesus? Yeah. And he's like, what it's done is it's created opportunities with at least a half a dozen people to talk about Jesus. And so we had said just make natural things spiritual and spiritual things natural. Be the same person in all of your spheres. Like don't be a different person when there's someone interviewing you for a magazine right. than you are on Sunday morning. Just be one human being, you know. Like I often think about this on Monday. You go to the office 
and people will say, hey, how was your weekend? I remember this question all the time. Monday morning, I didn't work at a church. It's like, hey, how was your weekend? And everyone's sharing what they did that weekend. You know, what, where they went, what they experienced, what they watched, what they drank, what they ate, whatever. And it was just interesting. I'd, I'd watch people who I knew went to church. They never said they went to church. And it's like, how easy is this? This is like the old man softball. Yeah. You're like, you know, I had a great weekend. Yeah, with kids and I, we, we played some baseball on Saturday. We watched the Buff game. Sunday, man, we went to church. It was like a really great service where we talked about God's desire for mercy and justice in the world and how we participate in that. How was your weekend? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like just, just be the same human. Right. And I think also just praying for those opportunities. Like if you really want to say, hey, I want to make an investment, don't you ask a financial advisor, where should I put my money? You, you hire the, the individual who has the degree. Yeah. So you're yes. like, dear Heavenly Father, I know you want to multiply this. Mm-hmm. Would you bring an opportunity for me to talk about these things with other people. Hmm. What other ways do you think you invest the gospel in the in the power of the spirit that's in you? Yeah, I think even you I mean Jesus came to seek and save the lost, but the first ministries to your own family. Mm-hmm. So like investing within your own marriage, the gospel, right? Yeah. There's a lot of believing spouses and there's some here at Calvary that don't have believing spouses investing in the gospel there, making spiritual things natural, natural things spiritual. Investing in your kids in the gospel. Yeah, like, that's good, Jay. You know, like these are, okay, God didn't call you to be a Billy Graham, but he did give you three kids. Yeah. What are you going to say? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are they going to just catch what you've been thinking about or are they going to be taught and caught? You know, like these is. Yeah, th- yeah, that is definitely an increase of gospel yeah. and spirit is how is that happening in your family? Yeah. Like, you know, we all have unbelieving um cousins and nephews or aunts uncles grandparents like who we've had a relationship for our whole lives they've Mm -hmm. seen us being bored they've changed our diapers like we can have real conversations with them investing in the gospel and so it doesn't even take you being an evangelist it just takes you seeing that god has placed you in a certain place in a certain time in a certain way in which your life can be a light to those around you yeah, I think like another, pickleball. Pickleball is a great time to talk about Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. talk about our pickleball friends, right? We love a pickleball. Skiing is another on the left. Hey, wh- you know, what'd you do this weekend? What are you going to do? Oh, I got to get back. Church is tomorrow. Like, yeah. Just saying that, you know, like. Which I think that would change how we do evangelism because the, the goal is not to, to close the sale. No. You know what I mean? Like, some people think, I'm going to be an evangelist. I have to start pitch and close the sale of Jesus. Yeah. And that's because usually the ones that we highlight are evangelists have this spiritual gift of evangelism and don't understand why we can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) And they write a book because they're bad at it. Yeah, that's probably true. You know what I mean? Like there was like investments is totally different. Like go make deposits. Yeah. But just go make deposits in in accounts and see what it does. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the stewards are rewarded for is I'm calling you to take the gospel and the Holy Spirit, and, and, and protects perhaps resources that I've given you. Mm-hmm. Just go deposit them in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the nature of the kingdom is that it will just multiply. Yep. It just will. Totally. I had a friend I was talking to yesterday about the message, and he's like, man, I used to get so worked up about these messages that were like about doing, because I wanted to figure out what I was supposed to be doing. And he really he he realized it took him a long time. He went to seminars and read books and did all the things that he would hope may help him do Christianity. 
you realize that Jesus had put him in a certain place and time, certain personality, and that it was about discernment more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, this might be a little cheesy, and we've talked about this before, but just go be a Christian. Yeah. You know, like, don't don't think about how you go do a Christian. Mm-hmm. Think about just, how do I go be a Christian? Yeah. How does a Christian respond to a waiter who's having a bad night? Yeah. I was, I was meeting with a, uh, a gal this morning. She's so sweet. And she got rear-ended mm-hmm. after she took her husband to um, his medical appointments. And we were talking about a life fully surrendered. I said, well, how would you respond to the person that you know, ran into you? She's like, with grace. I knew it was a hard day for her, even even though I had been leaving the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so she talked about like her just, just graciousness to this other individual. And I thought, that's that looks like a surrendered life. Like you were just a Christian. Yeah. You know? Totally. So I don't want to leave. Okay, this is that's really good, and I'm sure everyone's like, "Don't, don't move from this." The text is really strange, and I want to talk about this a little bit. Okay, since you studied the text, yeah, like verse 27 of 19. I mean, what is Jesus talking about? Slaughter them before me? Like, you know, you didn't talk about that on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, well, the parable is packed, and so yeah. I chose just yeah. one thing, but. Uh, you know, what's like, co- what's confusing to you, Jay? Well, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, I just want to. You know, I don't want to miss out on maybe us understanding Luke a little better. Yeah. By missing out on that sort of phrase, it seems like Jesus has some vengeance in him. Yeah, I think we, we had mentioned um, Paul's teaching in in Romans. Um, Romans twelve. Yeah, to consider the severity. Was it Romans 12 or oh, Romans sorry. 11? I thought you were going somewhere else. Yeah. The vengeance is mine is yeah. Romans 12. Sorry. No, it's just, you know, you should consider the kindness and severity of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it, you just can't reduce Jesus to, well, he died for all my sins. All is forgiven. It's no big deal. Like, doesn't even matter when I sin. Mm-hmm. He's just going to be kind. He's just, oh, it's just grace. It's all grace. Like, buddy Jesus. It's like, no, he's a holy, divine God mm. that holds all of us accountable. Now, I think the parable overwhelmingly teaches man, his posture to us is generosity. Mm-hmm. Like how how incredibly he rewards those who invested. Just like, oh man, I can't believe we would experience that kind of generosity from our God. The other piece on slaughter my enemies before we dive into some possibilities of what that means. You have to hold that teaching with the fact that he's going into Jerusalem and the king himself is first and foremost going to allow his enemies to slaughter him. Yeah. Right. So he's like a lamb led to the slaughter. Yeah. So he's going up to Jerusalem and it's not this king. That's like, all right, I'm, I'm coming in here and there's gonna be consequences for everybody. Yeah. And all these people that don't want me, will tell you what, I'll bring them over here and slaughter them. Mm-hmm. No, he actually goes in with humility and he receives all of our sins and people are beating him to death mm-hmm. and then crucify him. And he's like, father, he just asks father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And he lets his enemies, who do not want him to be their king, like here's here's Pilate, king of the Jews, and they're saying we we don't want that. He's not our king. Right. And he said I, I've written what I've written. So the people who do not want him to be king over them, Jesus dies for. Yep. So that's that's first and foremost in your mind before you kind of bring any interpretation to what the parable means. It's great. That's so wonderful. who is the king? He is first and foremost willing to reward those who take risks and invest. Yeah in just a incredibly generous way. Then 
what to do with this citizen's piece. So one interpretation is similar to other parables. This is what ignoble kings would do. Yeah. How much more Jesus? Look at what Jesus just did. Mm-hmm. So it's a reversal of this parable. Yes, kings of the day would do that. Maybe Herod would do something like that, but I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. The other would say, no, this is the consequence for those who do not want Jesus to be king, that there are real consequences. Yeah. And one is there's a reward. There's a removal of blessing, which is to the third servant. And then there's an actual consequence of like, nope, put these citizens to death. Mm-hmm. So in all of it, I think the, the crux of it is to emphasize who Jesus is in his kindness and severity. And the clearest picture we have of Jesus is actually Jesus Christ crucified by his enemies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Hebrews tells us, Hebrews 1, he sits at the right hand of the Father waiting for his enemies to be made a footstool. Yeah. So there will be something done to the enemies of God at some point. And that should be encouraging to us. Yeah, it should be motivating, yeah. I think. And it's not like, yeah, they're going to get what they get. It's one, gosh, I, I don't want people to be an enemy of God. I should go tell them the gospel. Yeah. Like, you know, I want to go make investments. Yeah. And then encouraging of, I don't actually have to go repay all my enemies. Yeah. The Lord will take care of That's why vengeance is mine, says the Lord, like you yeah. were saying in Romans 12. And so since I know vengeance is his... I know he's gracious too. I have the freedom not to get vengeance on someone who's really hurt me. It's wonderful. I love that. That's really good. I'm I'm glad because I was I was a little confused by that end of that parable. And it reminds me that God is a God of love and justice. That when we look at God, there's more than just one side of him. And that should give us a lot of great Yeah, we need a, I think we need a full picture of who God is. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thanks, Thomas, for sitting down with us. Thanks, Calvary, for listening. Like thanks, always. Thanks mostly for the toffee. <laughs> like we're we're going to go eat some now. Like always, we want to hear from you. <laughs> Write us at theweekly at calvarybible.com or just email us specifically your questions. We're always more than gracious to receive toffee in the mail. And also, we're more than gracious that you listen each week. And so we're thankful for you. Continue to pray for you. And continue to pray for your family. And we love you. Talk to you very soon. And have a great rest of the week.